Hey everybody, welcome to the Elder on Games podcast. This is episode 2, recorded on October 11th, 2019. We're all part of the Elder on Games team, we're working on a variety of different games. Our primary focus right now is working on Path of Titans, a dinosaur MMO survival video game. In this show, we talk about Path of Titans development and touch on the daily life and struggles of being part of an indie video game team. The Path of Titans demo is currently available and you can access if you bought the game or hire from our store at elderongamescom store. In this episode, we're going to answer some questions sent in by the community and share a little bit about how the development has been going this week. So I'll just introduce the team. So first off, we have me. I'm the lead programmer, also known as Deathly Raid. We have Nixon. Hello, I'm A. Nixon. I'm one of the other programmers on the team. Okay, we also have here Dorito. Hi, my name's Dorito Dust. I work as QA and customer support. We also have Jiggy. Hey, I'm Jiggy. I am the art director and art lead. And we also have Zalus. Hello, I am uh, Zalus. I work on skins. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to talk about what's new. So we have new team members on our podcast. They're here in Canada with us, helping out with various things. We have also been working on the wind and day-night cycle demo and getting it improved. Uh, if we want to talk about that next time. Yeah, so um, the past about week, week and a half, I've been working on the day and night cycle, mostly improving performance, blending, setting up profiles, and communicating back and forth with Jiggy on that, making sure we have it looking right, determining what time of day should look like with colors and all sorts of cube maps and etc. And if she wants to go further into detail on that, maybe she can. Yeah. So what's really interesting about the wind and day-night cycle improvements that we've been doing uh, previously, as you guys know, we've done the demo that has the day-night cycle that just, you know, you can fly through the, the world and see that. But we're going to be putting in wind and little particle effects that go in with the wind as well, which is really cool because it's sort of like in the shader of the all the foliage and stuff, and it's all unified. So when you click, you know, more wind, or when the server reports, hey, it's windy right now, everyone's game will see the trees blowing in the wind, they'll see little dust, um, maybe dragonflies, uh, little bits of dandelion fluff, seeds in the, in the air and also another it's very small thing but i think it's super cool too is that water on the surface of lakes starts flowing faster too and it all flows in the direction of where the wind is being pushed so i'm super excited to see that it seems like everyone's also really excited to see all that stuff but i think that's going to be super cool and i'm really hoping we can get that done uh in a few days and get that pushed out so everyone else can see that too yeah we also have uh improvements to the mobile version um so we've had a uh, link out that have been letting a couple of people into the mobile build. Uh, we're still fixing some bugs and they're trying to iterate on that. There's been some crashes with like running out of memory and stuff like that on certain phones, but working hard on that and various optimizations of things. Yeah, another thing for the mobile stuff is uh, just the other day I did a live stream where I was working really carefully at improving the performance that you get on mobile in terms of the shaders so in terms of the materials of all of the things in the game so you know tree bark doesn't have to be all extremely detailed on a tiny little phone monitor so i can remove some of the extra little tiny details that you wouldn't necessarily see on a tiny screen and that can significantly boost performance we're still waiting to see the actual performance improvements we're just waiting on a build and then we'll get that installed on our phones and we'll take a check and see that, but I think it's going to really help, really help out a lot. I've also been working on some improvements to like the crash reporting and uh, various bugs and things like that. I know some people 
they might have played the demo and they ran into a crash or a bug here or there um, and they can report it to us we'll get fixing that right away but you know next demo patch should be out in a few days going to be heaps of improvements to crashes all sorts of things and hopefully we can get all these issues fixed well before the pre-release so we can have a very solid uh, pre-release period uh, another thing we've been working on is some new skins if uh Jiggy wants to start talking about that. Yeah, so we have Zalus here working full-time now on getting dinosaur skins done. We think it's really important that the game has lots of skins that people can unlock. Um, just for crowdfunding purposes, we do have a couple skins that have been done, um, like the backer skins, for example, but those are just um, small, that's just a small like exclusive pre-release type of thing, but the main game needs to have lots of content because you can unlock different dinosaurs different species different abilities but also a lot of people like the cosmetic side of things as well so we've been working really hard at getting those you know worked on we're aiming for about nine to ten unlockable skins per dinosaur which can easily be you know if we've got 18 dinosaurs in the base game that's like 180 skins that and there's not that's not even including any of the really really rare skins and stuff like that so um, Zay, tell us a little bit about um, what kinds of skins you've been working on and the kind of colors you like choosing for them. Sure. Uh, I've been working on getting some skins in for the Kentrosaurus, the Alliaramus, Thanonychus, uh, Eer Triceratops, Concavenator, most of the, like, your, new, your newer dinosaurs that you've added uh, that didn't have very many skins before. I tend to like to pick you know, more natural colors, browns, greens, grays, but there's a couple in there that are... Uh, quite flashy, so I think people will like those as well. So a great thing about these skins is that um, those extremely flashy skins will be unlocked if you do something really difficult. So some kind of difficult achievement or you manage to um, you know, survive for a certain amount of time, things like that. So you can have people who have nice flashy skins and they're totally in the game and totally possible to get, but they're only available to people who really know what they're doing and really know the game. So it's kind of a bit of a status symbol there too. Awesome. Maybe uh, Dorito could talk about translation and, and, and things like that he's been working on. I think we've been working on translations for a little over three weeks now since our original announcement. And uh, at this point, all the languages that we have translators for are basically done at least for the projects that we have out right now. So that's the main website and the store page. And uh, yeah, eventually we're going to move to translating the demo and the full game, right? Um, and we really appreciate everyone who's been volunteering to help us out with translations and things like that. It's really helpful. One of the great things about having a lot of these store pages and stuff translated is so we can um, then do regional pricing. Um, for whatever the region was translated to, so people can have more accurate and fair prices of the game for their respective areas. So uh, we're hoping to get that one out soon, because uh, understandably sometimes 20 US dollars is quite expensive depending on your region, so we want to make sure that's fair for everybody. Yeah, so it's starting to roll out in Russia right now, currently, but we do plan on supporting other regions like Brazil, etc., China. Um, so you can get the game at a better price and um, help support development. And, you know, we understand currency conversion and things like that can be tough. And we also understand that not everyone can actually buy the game because our only payment processor is PayPal right now. And 
it doesn't support all the countries and not everyone has PayPal. So we are working on adding more payment processing options in the future. So cool. So we also have some questions that have been brought, uh, emailed to us or sent in at podcast at com by email, or you can go to podcast.alderongames.com and use our contact form. Uh, so the first question was posted by a user with a really cool username that's Jiggy is awesome. And they have asked, will there be corpse dragging and pouncing? Oh, cool. yeah. So p- corpse dragon, totally. Pouncing, totally. For dinosaurs that are, you know, small raptor-like guys, those guys are definitely going to have pouncing uh, and corpse dragging as well. And corpse dragging is in two different ways. There's a big dinosaur corpse or something that you've dropped down, you managed to kill it, and it's, you know, on the ground, and you can, uh, you know, move it around if you're large enough. But there's also smaller things like if you kill a fish and you drop it on the ground, it's there. But you can also then come run around and, and pick it up and bring that somewhere else. So you have more than just the dinosaur corpse. There's actually, you know, smaller things like fish and maybe small AI and stuff like that. So everything is movable so you can, you know, move your play area around so you don't have to kill something and feel like you're absolutely locked to it. That is, if you're a larger dinosaur that can carry it. Awesome. And we have uh, two more parts to the question, if you want to go into those two. So they're asking, uh, would there be charging mechanics for something maybe like a Pachycephalosaurus? Uh, I think that's a really cool idea. We definitely have to look into it there. But yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. Um, We're trying to add a unique mechanic for every kind of dinosaur. So even if two dinosaurs are very similar, they can have vastly different mechanics. So they're interesting to play. So that is something we could look into. They're also asking about flyers, if they can snatch up prey, and uh, that's something we have planned. We also have a meat chunk system where you can take a bite of a body or a fish, for example, and you can carry that piece of meat around as well without you know, needing to grow the whole body. So it's, it's very possible you could snatch up somebody, fly up, you know, drop them, wait for them to land, die, and then you can you know, get the rest of the food. You know, interesting gameplay uh, strategy there. So next question. Amanda asks, will there be a map in game so we can navigate easier through the world? Now, this is something we've kind of been looking into. Um, We do plan to have some kind of map because we have points of interest on the map uh, for like quests and things like that, like certain areas you have to unlock. Um, I'm I'm thinking we could do some kind of fog of war system where you can, as you explore the map, you can, you know, see rest of the areas and by default the map's hidden. But that's something we're definitely looking into, uh, and it can be compared to other mechanics like Scent and uh, other games that try to tell you where you are. Yeah, because you know when you have a map that's eight by eight kilometers like ours is, uh, it can definitely be easy to get lost if it's not designed in a careful way, and you don't really want people necessarily to be lost. They shouldn't always know exactly where they are, but they shouldn't feel like I don't know where I am, I don't know what to do, and I don't know where all the interesting stuff is. So it's made in such a way so that you can kind of show them, hey, this is where the interesting stuff is, and here's some prompts that might bring you to go to those areas, but it's not super obvious where you might be at any single given time, because there also needs to be an element of surprise and survival. A mini-map would be awesome, or some kind of map in the game, and we're definitely looking into it. So Fiery Smog asks, 
When will you add wind to the game? Will the grass and trees move in the same direction as the wind, same as rain? And when it rains, will there be puddles around with water and your dinosaur getting a wet look? Right, so originally we had planned to put in direction right away, but it's a lot easier to do things in more branched out manner, start out with a simple system. So we're going to have wind in. It's all going to move in one direction, not be dynamic, but there are plans to make everything sort of flow in the same direction. We have the parameters there, we just aren't using them right away. Yeah, so we've got, um, like a, a, it's called a vector, and you're able to set the vector of the direction of the wind. But like you said, just for now, we'll keep it one direction, and then um, in the future when we want to add polish to that mechanic, we can go and add different directions. But the main thing will be, the wind direction needs to be the same for every player, because otherwise it might get a little bit confusing. We also, there's no plans to do puddles around with water just because of how complicated it is uh, at the moment. We could look into that later. Um, we can do your dinosaur getting wet. That is something we can definitely do. Yeah, I actually have um, two ideas for that, for getting wet. Because you can get wet in two different ways. If you are running around in the forest and it starts raining, then the top of your dinosaur starts getting wet, right? And if you start running around in a river, then the bottom of your dinosaur starts getting wet. So, um, basically what we'll have is different states. You can have a completely dry dinosaur, that's fine. You can have a rainy wet dinosaur where you have water coming from the top of your dinosaur, so it's kind of glistening on the top of the scales or the feathers and maybe they're a little bit darker. And then you've got river wet, where maybe your legs, the bottom of your tail and your belly, maybe the bottom of your jaw or something like that is wet. And then I guess there's full wet, where it's raining and you're in water. So there's like a couple different states we'll do for that rainy wetness look on your dino. So I think that's going to look really cool. And it's I think it's something that you don't often see in a lot of survival games is just the different kinds of wet. They might just make you, you're fully wet because you, you know, touched a tiny puddle or something. Yeah, so Ghost asks, my question today is about what you'd like to do with the fish AI reactions. Is the end goal to have the fish react dynamically and try to move away from approaching predators or potential threats in the water, or have them more static and moving some kind of pattern regardless on who's on the shore bank or wading through? So the plan is to have the fish react to movement, AI players, uh, any object they can kind of see or that, you know, splashes the water, they're going to move away from that. So a strategy to fishing is going to be to uh, not create a disturbance and wait in an area and try to catch a fish uh, kind of when they come closer to you. But definitely scaring fish away from somebody else trying to fish is a, a legitimate strategy. Uh, strategy, And we are trying to um, add, you know, splashing particle effects and all kinds of things to uh, the water effects, which is work in progress. So another question is, I think it's Lumain asks, will everyone be able to create mods or will only certain people? So we do have some restrictions on who can get the dev kit. So Epic Games requires us to, you have to agree to their license agreement stuff before we can give you a copy of it. But provided you've agreed to that, then anybody else will be able to create a mod when the game releases. However, there will be restrictions on uh, what you can distribute. So, you know, if there's any like not safe for work material or anything like that, uh, you might have to distribute that yourself, kind of like off the Elder on Games platform. Um, but, you know, it is possible to still make that. Um, we just have to draw a line when we, you know, pay for hosting and upload some mods. 
uh, and things like that. Otherwise, you know, there's legal requirements and things like that. But apart from that, everything goes. Um, so it's all in the license agreement. And VidSky, VidSky, if that's pronounced, sorry, VividSky. VividSky. How much control do you have? How much control do you intend to have over mods? For example, if people started modding in World War II tanks, for example, would that be too far away from what the game is allowed to be modded in? So we don't have any restrictions on artistic or creative freedom. We only have, you know, legal restrictions on what we can distribute. So uh, you can totally add in World War II tanks, provided you know you make the tank and you legally own and you can use it. Um, so yeah, you can go ahead. Um, and if people don't like their dinosaurs with tanks, they don't have to download it. Maybe you can do a really cool tanks versus dinosaur game mode, but um, we'll have to see where that one goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the main thing is just uh, you know we can't be adding in content. From, we can't allow people to add content in that's from uh, other IPs, uh, copyrighted elements and stuff, just because we're not allowed to distribute that to other players. You know, because then that would be kind of like a weird way of us giving those copyrighted content to other players that are also owning Path of Titans, even though we never, we never intended to do that. So yeah, we're, we're going to have to put a little bit of restrictions on that, like Deathly said. So. Cool. Sergey asks, do you have any plans on making a custom skin system where we can create our own skins and then get them confirmed to better use them or something similar to that? Well, that is an interesting question. I think it would be cool. However, I also know as a both a skin artist and the person who makes shaders, something like that where you're able to maybe import your own texture or your own image is extremely complicated. Um, and it's also very easy to abuse. Um, however, if it was something like making your own spots and putting them into the game, like having some predefined spots and stuff, that stuff is still also very complicated just because then everyone has their own unique skin and every time you want to play a game, you have to go download everyone's you know custom skins and stuff. And um, for memory, uh, because this is a cross-platform game, that is on so many different devices we always have to pay attention to the amount of memory that the game is using and you can very easily see if you've got 200 people on the server as we're planning to have each with their own custom skin that's maybe you know uh, uh, 1000 by 1000 resolution or 2000 by 2000 resolution it starts getting really really complicated really really fast so uh, we unfortunately don't have any plans for doing custom skins that being said though we'll definitely be adding more skins to the game in the future that Zealous, I'm sure, will be having a great time painting. Um, but it's just, we have to give you as much customization as you can within the confines of the game in a way that is friendly for memory and performance reasons. And also, you know, gives, gives you enough um, freedom to express your unique dino look, you know, with enough base templates that you can tweak. So. And you could also mod your skin in as well if you want to. So you can always make a mod, get the yeah. dev kit, and this upload is, it. I say that, but that's only for official servers. You can always make a mod, put your skin in, and have everyone download that. But in terms of on the fly making your skin in the game already, um, that's there's no plans for that, unfortunately. Awesome. So we have one final question, Rebecca, if you want to go into it. It's asked by the Holy Raven. Yeah, so the Holy Raven asks... Will we ever get skins that are, say, 
like birds of paradise or brightly colored birds in general for the Latin Dino and Achillo uh, or any other bird like dinos. So what do you think, Zalus? You're in charge of all of these skins. Do you think we should be adding birds of paradise? Oh, it's an interesting idea. I just added in a skin for... Well, actually, I finished up the one that you had started, the mosaic. It's a fairly colorful, colorful skin. But yeah, I'd definitely like to see a couple colorful ones in, just to uh, spruce up the roster. Like you said, there's uh, going to be very rare skins, so those would be interesting ones for people to work towards. One thing that Zalus and I, um, as skin artists, have talked a little bit about is um, often we find a lot of games tend to have modern-day birds copy and paste the um, like th those patterns and stuff directly onto prehistoric animals, which is kind of weird because realistically you might not think, you know, what are the odds of, for example, a bearded vulture looking exactly as it does on the dinosaur, you know, 65 million years ago or however long they, they existed. So we're always really careful not to do a direct copy of a modern-day bird, but enough so that you can kind of recognize it and definitely tell that it was inspired by that. So if we were to do Birds of Paradise, we probably would take a look at the colors and the patterns that they have and be inspired by it, but we wouldn't copy it one per one just because sometimes that can look a little bit silly. But otherwise, yeah, absolutely. Cool. We also have a uh, another cool addition coming to the game that has uh, been visiting us in real life at our window. Uh, do you want to tell us about that, uh, Jiggy? Uh, yeah, yeah. We So right next to my computer desk here, there's a window, and it's in the attic. We're in the attic, at least Deathly Rage and I work in the attic. Yeah, go figure. But on this windowsill we have here, sometimes a squirrel comes on by, and we we'll call them Gary. He's a black squirrel which are actually quite common here in Canada. Um, and he's, you know, he comes in, you know, 5.30 p.m. most days, comes by, and he kind of looks at us, and he'll sit on the windowsill, just, you know, two feet away from me. And he, he always wants a little piece of bread, so we give him a little piece of bread. On our Instagram, we actually managed, I managed to capture a quick video of him grabbing a little piece of bread and running off, if you guys want to go and check that one out. But I went and grabbed a squirrel and I put him in the game and I've made it black so we probably will have a little squirrel running around. Maybe just as an easter egg or something. I think that'd be really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, we'll put a link to Gary the Squirrel in real life and in-game uh, in the show notes of this episode so you can take a look. And we'll also include some of the skins, screenshots of skins we've been talking about and things like that so you guys can take a look at and, and see you know, what we've been doing. Cool. So that's it for this week. If you have any more questions, please send us at podcast.elderongames.com and click on the contact form. Or you can email us at podcast at elderongames.com. And we'll see everybody next week. Uh, bye. See ya.